0: Welcome, Uh, I'm glad you guys are here today. Today is week two of our Christmas sermon series that we're calling Bah Humbug, Bad Stuff About Christmas. And I know some people don't think that there is any bad stuff about Christmas, but it seems like there might be a couple of things that are less than joyful and less than merry and bright. Last week we talked about weird relatives And we learned that if we're going to love people like Jesus loved people, we're gonna have to learn to see people like Jesus saw people. And today we're gonna talk about another kinda bad thing about the Christmas season. And when you think about it, it's kind of a weird tradition that we have. Here we are celebrating the most important event in history, right? Jesus came. And God became a man to, to save us, and so we're we're literally celebrating the most important thing that's ever happened, which is awesome. We, we should be doing that. What I think is weird is how we celebrate it, because one of the ways that we celebrate the incarnation of God, our Savior, one of the ways that we celebrate our salvation and eternal life, and one of the ways we celebrate God redeeming the world and humanity is with candy canes and fudge and cookies and cake and figgy pudding whatever that is Uh, isn't that a weird way to honor the most important event in the history of eternity by eating sweets Um, and i found out last week that you guys are big fans of classic poetry (laughs) and so I've written another Christmas poem. Um, You wanna hear it? I hope you like it. It's called Too Much Sweets. I'm gonna need some music though. It was the uh, season of Christmas, and all around the world, carols and presents and good news were swirled. There were so many reasons to be happy this season. And Jesus, of course, was the one biggest reason because he came and was born in a barn in a manger and he lived a hard life It was always in danger. And finally they killed him on a cross smeared with red. But the weird thing is Jesus didn't stay dead because just three days later he walked out of that cave and Jesus overcame Satan and death and the grave. And his resurrection means we can live, too. Jesus did for us what we couldn't do because he saved us from death and from hell and from shame. And he gave us new life. He gave us his name. And now we'll all live forever and free. Jesus did that for you. He did it for me. It's the one greatest gift that's ever been gave because now we can conquer hell and the grave. So how do we celebrate something that great? How do we honor him changing our fate? A parade or a song or a party's too small. Jesus gave us new life. He, He gave us his all. So what's a thing we could do every December to really thank Jesus and to really remember? Well, there's one thing we can do, and we all do it each year, and we do it at Christmas, and we do it with cheer. We honor our Savior and all his great feats by filling our face with too many sweets. <laughs> yeah, we remember this triumph of Jesus for us by gaining 10 pounds that later we'll cuss. We thank Jesus from saving us all from hell's fire by chewing on candy, till our jaws are so tired. We eat cookies and fruitcake and candy and fudge and we know we should move, but we can't seem to budge. So we eat sugar till we get as round as a reef. And we know it's not good for our health or our teeth, but we just sit there and eat it. A whole sugared up nation. And doctors say sugar also brings inflammation. We forget about protein and good healthy stuff because we're pounding down food that's really just fluff. At least our dentists are happy for the business they've gotten because all that sugar makes our teeth all go rotten. It's like somehow we've forgotten how to eat veggies. Now our shorts are so tight that they're giving us wedgies. (laughs) And we're eating this stuff, we feel really lucky, but the next day our bodies feel super yucky and we know it's not right and we know it's not good, and we all know the right foods to eat, and we should, but protein and vitamins A, B, and C are replaced with Lord Sugar, and He fills us with glee. And We know that it's protein and veggies that make us grow strong, but we eat candy all day. Now, we know that it's wrong, but we just can't stop eating those sugared up eats. Each Christmas season, we eat way too much sweets. So before we go any further, to give you my disclaimer, I don't hate sugar. I'm not against sweets. I love sweets, and I particularly love Christmas sweets. In fact, I'll tell you, one of my favorite days of the year is every day my kids and grandkids come to our house, and we spend the whole day with those cookies with icing on them and decorating them with the sprinkles and all that stuff, and we make like 200 cookies, and we eat 180 of them i love the cookie i love it all man i love the cookies and i love the cakes and i love the candy some of it's like a special treat because really you only eat it once a year i mean peanut butter fudge i eat one day a year right divinity i love divinity um uh, i even like the bluebell makes a peppermint ice cream that they only have out during christmas i love that stuff Uh, i even like fruitcake i even like fruitcake you know though that that's been regifted for twenty years. I I, I like I and figgy pudding, come on, that's awesome, I've guessed. But I'm not I'm not I'm not against sugar and sweets and I think we all know how wonderful they taste, but that's all they do is they 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 taste good. And they give us a few minutes of pleasure, right, a little rush or something. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, in moderation, whatever that means. Um, One of my favorites is the uh, Christmas Peppermint Salt Water Taffy, do you guys know these things? Yeah, you you know it, here. (laughs) I can tell that's gonna mean a lot to her. She just had that look on her face, I got more up here. So these, these are the stuff, man. I mean, I love these things. And the other night, um, I was watching Margaret decorate, I was uh, helping Margaret decorate the Christmas tree, (laughs) and I ate, I think, 45 of these things or something like that, and there's this big pile of wrappers, you know, on the ground, and and, and so now we're done, the tree's all done, and Margaret says, okay, what are we going to do about dinner tonight? And I goes, like, I'm good. (laughs) You know, uh, have you done that? This time of year, have you done that? Where you just eat so much sugar, so much of that stuff that like there's no room. I mean, I'm literally, I'm full. I'm full of sweets and I have no room for, for, for good food. It, it, they're just so good. They just, they're, they're, but we know that's not really food, right? It's good. It tastes good. But we know that's not really food. It actually says so right on the taffy label. I've got the ingredients for you here. First three, corn syrup, sugar, palm oil, which I guess, I guess that's food. It also has um, malic acid, which is delicious. Um, (laughs) Soy lecithin, added as an emulsifier. I don't know what that means. Um, Artificial flavorings, which are delicious. Um, Glycerin, (laughs) I'd love some glycerin. Um, Red dye number four, red dye number 40 yellow dye number five, yellow dye number six, blue dye number one, and blue dye number two, and of course a big scoop of titanium dioxide, which I think we all love that. Um, But I wanna tell you something, in fairness, I have to say, nutritionally, these things do have something to offer because a single serving, that's five of these, does give you 27 grams of carbs, and two and a half grams of saturated fat oh and this is good a hundred percent of the daily recommended sugar intake so that's good (laughs) um the point is the point is that all of these sweets taste great right they're fun but they're not really life-giving right in fact is they they probably shorten our lives right maybe it's worth it but if we really if we really want life, we need, you know, real food, right? We need we need true food, we need protein and vitamins and minerals and water, and those things don't taste as fun as peppermint taffy, but they give life. So these these sweets they don't really give life because they're not real food. And they they don't have much real value. And there's something much more valuable and something more life-giving. And there's something better. And you know what it is? Real food. Right? True food. It's so much better for us. We know that. But we're drawn to that taste, right, of the sweets. So the question probably on your mind right now is, what does this all have to do with Jesus? Right? So... Stay with me, we're gonna see if we can like, make this connection, okay? Some of us, especially at Christmas, have a peppermint taffy diet, meaning that we just eat so much sweets, and they feel good, and they taste good, but they have no lasting, life-giving value. And if we fill up so much on those, that doesn't leave room for real, life-giving foods. And similarly, some of us have accepted a peppermint taffy gospel because it tastes good and it sounds good and it feels good, but it doesn't give life. Why? Because it's not real. It's not the real gospel, it's a tasty, temporary fix that if we fill up on it, we'll not leave room for the real gospel, the real good news that gives real life. The the peppermint taffy gospel tastes good, but it's not real, and it's not life-giving. And you've probably seen or heard a version of the peppermint taffy gospel on TV or from a preacher. Um, I'm gonna show you what it looks like. I'm gonna draw it out for you here, okay? This is the peppermint taffy gospel. And of course, it starts with me. And I am sad. You know why? Because I want stuff. And I've got this list of stuff. I wish I had a bigger house and a better truck, and I want a boat, and I want to have a better body, and I want, you know... a better friends I want more money in the bank and that stuff would make me happy that stuff that would make me content if I had all that so so what do we do we we pray this is me praying Mm. does it look like he's praying (laughs) just say yes and I'll keep going yeah, good, thanks. So we take our list, and we're going to pray, right? And we're going to send it up to the big guy, right? And he's up here, and he's got a mustache and a beard. Who is that? It's Santa. <laughs> it's hanging there. I got sidetracked. I got caught up in the spirit of the season, okay? It's not, it's not, it's, it's God. We send up our prayers. there's lightning around him. That's how you know it's God, right? It's God. We send up our... I'm sad. I'm sad. But I would be happy if I had the stuff on this list. I would be content. I'd be fulfilled if I had the stuff on this list. So I send up my prayer to God, and God, listen, he hears my prayer, right? And he answers my prayer. Yes. 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 You get a new car, right? Yes. Yes you get a house, yes, you get a perfect body, and then I can finally be happy because I have now money, right? And I have muscles, right? And now I have a big house, and now I've got a really cool car, and now I can finally be happy, and I can finally be content, and that is the peppermint taffy gospel. Have you heard it? Have you heard it? Yeah, and they don't call it that, but a lot of really famous, wealthy preachers um, preach some version of that, and there are a couple of problems With the peppermint taffy gospel, Um, one is: if God's goodness and God's value is just about Him giving you yes, 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 right, then what? How good is God, and what is His value when the answer is no? Right? If God is really just if Santa's purpose is to bring me the stuff I want. If he's not gonna bring me the stuff I want, what do I want him for, right? So in the peppermint taffy gospel, God is only as good as the stuff that he gives us. That's a problem, right? Here's another problem with it. When the answer is no, as it sometimes is, who can attest to that? Okay, most of us. When the answer is no, we can't let it be God's fault. So what went wrong? I mean, I followed the thing, I prayed in Jesus' name, I had two or three gathered, I had the faith of a mustard seed, right? I did everything right, I prayed, I followed the code, and God said, no, it can't be his fault, what, what must have gone wrong? It must be me, right? So this is what we tell people when their prayers are not answered with a yes, is you know what it is, you don't have enough faith. You don't have enough faith, and so the peppermint gospel is full of guilt and shame and condemnation and disappointment three things that Jesus hates. But the biggest problem with the peppermint taffy gospel is the Bible. It's the real, actual gospel, the real good news, the real biblical story, because I'm gonna tell you, I read it, that's not what it says. That's, that's not what it says. That's a bunch of words and phrases taken out of context and put back together in a different way to create a fake good news, a fake gospel that's not actually the good news. And listen, it tastes good. Doesn't that taste good? Doesn't that sound awesome? Just pray, and he'll give you the stuff you want, and then you can be happy. And then you can be that's sweet, man. That tastes delicious, but it's not real. If, if only there was a place we could go to find the real gospel, the real good. Like if there's a book, how awesome would that be, right? But there is a book, but it's so fat, right? There's a lot, this is a big book. We don't have time to read the whole thing today. So like where, where oh where could we look and find the actual gospel, the actual good news? I'm just gonna suggest today we try Mark 1, 1 because look how it starts. It says, this is the good news. (laughs) I'm gonna give you a little, like a spoiler. It ain't that, okay? This is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began, verse two says, just as the prophet Isaiah had written. So as it turns out, the gospel doesn't start with me. It's not about me. and It's not about the stuff that I want. It goes back at least 700 years before the silent night in Bethlehem, when Isaiah was writing about this coming Messiah. So verse two continues. this is Isaiah talk, and he says, "Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way." He's a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. Who, who's he talking about? Who's the messenger? John the Baptist, right? He he wore the weird clothes, and he ate the bugs, and he baptized everybody, and he told everybody about Jesus coming to fulfill all of these prophecies about Messiah. So John is going around, and he's doing it, man. He's clearing the road. He's telling everybody about Jesus, and then he gets thrown in jail, and then let's just skip down. This is verse 14. What are we trying to find out? What is the good news, right? That's why we're looking at this. What is the actual, factual, real, life-giving Good news. Verse 14. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. Here it comes. Verse 15. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. And so Jesus it seems like he's saying that the good news has something to do with something that God has promised. But it's not that God's going to help me get a bigger house or that he's going to help me have a better car or get muscles. It's, it's something like a little bit more profound than that, right? It's something a little, a little bigger than that. It's something that's been, well, people have been waiting on it. We know for at least 700 years between Isaiah and Jesus, right? And it has something to do with the kingdom of God. And so we need to understand the kingdom of God, and so now, instead of me spending an hour unpacking all of that, you guys know I love The Bible Project, right? If you're not looking at videos on the Bibleproject.com, you're missing the boat. Please go to the Bible.bibleproject.com. It's full of amazing videos about Christian theology and all the books of the Bible and all kinds of stuff. And I, I, I want you to see one of these videos. And so I'm going to show you a video. It's five minutes right now. This is the gospel, okay? So uh,
1: Matt, can we, can we show that video?
2: which was like the hot spot of God's presence. Now we can go and be with God again. But not so fast, because the temple also creates a problem. So God's space is full of his presence and goodness and justice and beauty, but human space is full of sin and injustice and the ugliness that results.
1: So how do these spaces overlap if they're so different and they're in conflict with each other? This was resolved through animal sacrifice. Yeah, that's
2: To end the age of sin and death by redeeming all of human history in a renewed creation. And God's space and human space completely overlap once again. What would you think?
0: Pretty good, right? So, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the abridged version. Uh Uh-oh. Sorry, baby Jesus. So this is more like, like the real gospel, and that is that God started with heaven and earth together, our space and His space together, and that was perfect. That's what He wanted. That was us. Complete, that was mankind completely dependent on God. Right? We loved Him. We were in His. We were with God. With God. In, in, in the garden, it talks about them walking in the cool of the evening with him, just hanging out. They were with God. He provided everything that they need. He protected them. He provided their food and their water, and he gave them work and responsibility. Everything, every, it was, man, it was perfect. That was God's plan. But then God's world, right, and our world were driven apart by what? Sin, right? And so now they're separated, and now we're not together with him in this perfect place anymore, and now we're not in perfect union and relationship with God or even with each other anymore. But then, here comes the good part, Jesus came to overlap those two things, to start bringing back together God's world and our world, and ultimately, we're going to be back to this same place where we're all together really completely with God, completely dependent on Him, with Him, experiencing His love, experiencing His goodness and in a full and perfect relationship with Him in a really perfect place. And meanwhile, until that happens, like we're in, like this is now, right? This is where we live now. And in this place, we can still experience a little bit of that through Jesus. And so as believers, this is where we're gonna end up. We're gonna end up with it all together in the perfect place, just like the Garden of Eden again. Meanwhile, until that happens, we can experience a little bit in the temple. And the temple for us is Jesus, and he is our safety, and he is our provision, and he is our peace, and he is everything that we need, and he wants to partner with us again. That was the plan in the Garden of Eden, right? He wants to partner with us again to, to, to bring his kingdom here. In fact, Ephesians 2.10 is a really cool verse that says we're God's masterpiece, right? He's created us new in Christ Jesus. Why? So that we can do the good stuff that he planned for us. Since before time, God has planned for you to be like a partner with him. He's planned for you to be part of his plan to bring about his kingdom come. The real good news of the Bible the real good news of Jesus is that Jesus came to redeem and to restore us and to redeem and restore God's broken world that we broke and to redeem and restore this relationship with God that we broke and someday he's gonna fully restore us fully restore new bodies new minds new relations everything perfect someday he's going to fully restore us and someday he's going to completely fully restore his good world just like it was before it was contaminated by sin and someday he's going to restore our relationship with him so that we can really fully experience him the way that he intended in the first place and there's a book in the bible where john sees a vision of that he sees this huge vision what's the book called Revelation, look what he says, this is the last page, this is, this is Revelation 21, this is this, look, this is this, this is this, here it is, then I saw the new heaven and the new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband, and I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people and he will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them, and he will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I'm making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, because what I'm telling you is trustworthy and it's true. This is verse 6. And he also said, It's finished. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, to all who are thirsty... I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. The good news, listen, the good news is God is restoring his world. And he's making all things new, including his favorite part of his world, which is us. The good news is, in that that last phase, someday it's all going to be restored. And just like in the first one, right, he's going to really be, it says, he's going to be with us. He's going to be with us. And we, God's going to be with us. He's, and he's going to wipe away every tear. And there's going to be no more, no more death and no more sorrow and no more crying and no more pain. He's going to make everything new. And everyone who's thirsty, everyone who has a need is going to come to him and he's going to satisfy that need, not just with regular old water, He's gonna satisfy that need with springs of the water of life. And uh, uh, Romans 8 tells us that all creation is waiting for that day. All creation has been waiting since the garden. For that day where those two things come back together, all creation has been waiting. It says it's, all creation is groaning like a woman in childbirth, right? Just waiting for this moment when it all finally comes together and God restores his good world and finally completely restores us. And yeah, now perfect bodies, now the perfect minds, now the perfect relationships. And we'll finally be what God intended in the first place, God's perfect people enjoying God's perfect blessing in God's perfect place, under God's perfect rule. That's the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom, we won't have a list for God of all the stuff that we need to make us happy and all the stuff that we need to make us content because we'll be perfect and happy and content in him. And here's what it reminds me of. Um, 42 years ago, Margaret and I got married. And we went on a very elaborate honeymoon to Cloudcroft, New Mexico. <laughs> okay, for three days, and I had to actually a little bit less than three had to come back for work. So, you know, two and a half days. And what I'm going to tell you was a marginal hotel, right? And like the food, I, I remember eating at Subway one day was pretty good, right? So it wasn't great food. It wasn't great accommodations. It rained. I don't know if you've been to Cloudcroft, but there's not really anything to do there. Um, and We didn't have anything, man. We didn't have anything. We, I think we had you know, $70 in the bank. Um, we didn't think my car would make it, so we drove my mom's car, because we didn't think we could make it from Albuquerque to Cloudcroft and the back in our car. We didn't have anything for that two and a half days. So do you think we were miserable? We were fine. We were fine. We had each other. That was enough. And I think kind of similarly, when God's kingdom is fully come, that's how we're gonna feel about all the stuff on our list. Not only are we gonna have everything that we want or everything that we need, that's, the, that's nothing. The better part is that stuff won't matter anymore compared to being with him. And listen, meanwhile, we can experience a little of that now. We can experience a little of that here in Jesus because he's our temple and and what else? We can pray and we can partner with him to bring God's kingdom come so that someday we can fully experiencing his will being done on earth as it is in heaven and that's the good news. That's the gospel. So, weird sermon today, huh? What's the point? What's the point? Don't fill up on sweets. Don't don't buy into a peppermint taffy gospel where God is really Santa Claus. I mean, that doesn't, it tastes good, but that doesn't, give, that doesn't give life. Instead, believe the real gospel. Jesus came to redeem and restore God's perfect world, and he wants to redeem and restore you and make you a part of it. This is this is like how we fit into that big plan, is that just like heaven and earth were separated by sin, you and God are separated, me and God, all of humanity and God are separated by sin. But he loves us and he wants to, to save us from that sin. He wants to save us for his kingdom. And that's why in the very first thing we read today, Jesus said, repent of your sin and believe the good news. He wants you there someday. He wants you there and he wants you to experience him now and he wants to partner with you to bring that about. But you know see the problem we have is this, right? It's this division. That's what's separating his space and our space. That's what's separating him and us. We got the sin. It's sin. And we got to do something about that sin. And we've all pretty much proven that we can't do anything with it. And so God provided this amazing thing with Jesus coming, and that is that he would be the sacrifice, right, that he would take all of our sin on us and he would clear us up and clean us up so that we can inhabit his space. And you know what, you're, I mean, you're in church. I'm guessing this is just, we're all repeating stuff that we've all talked about a million times and we talk about every Christmas. But there, I mean, there could be somebody here that would say, you know what, I don't know, man, I think I've still got that sin. I know I keep messing up, so am I still separated from God? This is the gospel, man. This is the good news. Jesus made a way for that to be repaired. And it's not done by you being perfect. It's not not accomplished by you being gooder than you are right now. It's not not fixed by you doing less bad stuff or more good stuff than you're doing right now. It's made by what Jesus said. Repent and believe the good news. So there's a verse we talk about here a lot. It's, It's in Romans and it says, If you say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, I I believe in the good news. I'm gonna repent, right? I'm gonna turn, repenting means like I'm having like an epiphany. That's what it means to repent. Like I'm going this way. I don't like the way that looks. Boop, I'm going this way now. That's what it means to repent. I'm, I'm turning away from that. So he says, repent, turn away from what you're doing and instead believe the good news. And so this verse in Romans says, if you say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that means I'm gonna follow him. I'm gonna go his way and you believe in your heart, you believe that God raised him from the dead, that he has the power over eternal death, then you'll be saved. You'll be saved. You'll be acceptable to him now. And he'll come into you and begin to change you from the inside out and make you more and more like Jesus. And then someday, when we're in this perfect kingdom, in this perfect place, with these perfect relationships, with perfect relationship with God, you'll fit in. Because you'll be perfect. And that's what, that's what salvation means. That's, this is the gospel. This is what salvation means. And again, you're sitting in church. I'm guessing you could be hanging Christmas lights right now, but you're here probably because you are Christians. But man, if you're not, or if you're not sure, if you're watching online and you're not sure for sure, man, just get sure. What a great Christmas present this would be to know that you're gonna be in the kingdom with God someday. Wouldn't that be a great Christmas present? So all we have to do, the Bible says, believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and make him Lord of our life. Repent, turn away from our old ways and start following his way. So if you're ready to do that, man, let's do it today. Let's do it now. I'm gonna lead you in this really simple prayer. I'm gonna give you, the. the, here's my disclaimer. These words don't save you, right? What saves you is believing in your heart God raised Jesus from the dead and repenting and making him Lord of your life. So if you're ready to do that, let's just say a simple prayer together. I'm gonna ask everybody in the room to repeat this prayer with me, okay? So we're gonna all be repeating it today. Just pray like this. Jesus, I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. But today I become a Christian. I believe in you as my risen Savior. And I'm asking you to be my Lord. So fill me with your spirit. Teach me from your word. And help me live your way for the rest of my life. Thank you for my salvation. Amen. Okay, super simple, right? Yeah, woo. So listen, if if that happened for you today, this is a pretty big deal. This this is the best present you're gonna get this year, I'm telling you. This is awesome, this is eternal life. And so I wanna talk to you some more, that was really fast. And I wanna like fill in some blanks with you. So if that happened for you today, I'm gonna ask you if you're online to give us something in the comments or chat or whatever. If you're here in person, go back to the Connection Center and get a connection card and check the box that says, today I decided to follow Jesus. And I'll call you this week and see if you have any questions. We'll give you a Bible. They've got a Bible back there that you can actually read and understand. And man, we would just really love to like help you start walking out these next steps. So if, you're, if you became a Christian today, if you turned your life over to Jesus today, let us know. And we want to kind of support you and walk this thing out with you. If you're visiting with us today, man, thanks so much for coming. I'm glad that you're here. I'd love to talk to you some more. So if you'll go get one of those connection cards and just tell us you're a first-timer. Man, we got a gift for you. I'd just love to say hi to you. I'll give you a call this week. A couple of quick announcements before we go. Um, Number one, um, not yesterday, last Saturday, we had about 50 people down here for about four or five hours and they were cleaning and painting and power washing and fixing. And I just wanna say, man, thank you. Uh, Kendall's the one that oversaw that and kind of started that up. I don't know if you guys know Terry Cox, he's the one that oversees our facilities and stuff, but a bunch of people worked really, really hard. We brought in a big dumpster, those roll-away construction dumpsters to throw all of our junk in, and we hauled it off and brought in another one and filled it off and threw it all away. So we hauled off two dumpsters worth of garbage and ooh, almost had something awful stuff. So uh, anyway, if you were part of that, I just want to say thank you so much for doing that. Um, yeah, do you wanna clap? Would you guys clap for those people? That was, that was really awesome okay so christmas weekend christmas day falls on sunday the 25th is sunday there will be no services here christmas day there will be no services here christmas day there will be no services here here. do not call me and say i'm down here at the church what's going on no services that day instead we're going to have three christmas eve services the night before they're at 1:30, 30 3 o'clock 4.30. hope you can come. Invite somebody. Be on time. We've got to get in. It's going to be crowded. Um, we'll have kids stuff. Kids ministry will be going on for zero to kindergarten. Everybody else can just come in here. So, like I said, come in early and get a seat. If you want to help with kids ministry, we'd love to have your help that day. Just go back, and Andrew will get you all signed up with that. Um, this Wednesday at 7.15, we're having a meeting that's now called the What's New with the Building... Informational meeting of meetings, or something like that. So um, that's gonna happen on Wednesday at 7.15, this Wednesday, 7.15 in this room. i tell you what it's about, I and mean, you've heard me say this a million times, we're, we're running out of space problems, we're starting to think if maybe, if this is the trajectory we're on now, what's it gonna look like three years from now, right? Because that's about how long it would take if we decided to build a new building, we got to raise money. We got to do engineering and building and blah blah blah. So if we're going to do it, we got to get going on it. We're trying to figure out if we should do it or not, and we want to hear from God on this because I don't really care what I think about it, right? And I'm really more interested in what He thinks about it. And so we, we believe that one of the main ways God speaks, some of the ways that God most often speaks to us, is through our circumstances, and through His Word, and through our Spirit, and through His people. And so our circumstances are telling us that we might need to do something else, but we wanna hear more from him than that. So we're praying, we're listening in our spirit, we're looking at the word and trying to figure out what we can from that, but we also wanna hear from his people. And so we're gonna send you a survey and we're gonna ask you what you think God is telling you. And then that's a way that we're gonna hear from God about whether we should do this thing or not. And so you need to have all the information, so that's what Wednesday night is. I'm gonna give you all the information about what's going on, the trajectory we're on, what we're talking about doing, what it would look like. I'll show you a picture of a potential building to get you all giddy or whatever. And um, and then we'll send you the survey. And then you let us know what you think. And then we'll pray some more. And then we'll try to hear from God and decide what we're supposed to do about that. So it starts with you having enough information to make wise decisions. And so hope you'll join us at the 715 this Wednesday night. Last thing I promise. Um, every year we do this, um, we're gonna be giving away sleeping bags uh, to some of the homeless, homeless population in San Antonio and around here. It's, it's not a good time of year to be on the street. I, can, I can't imagine sleeping on concrete anyway, but I sure can't imagine sleeping on concrete when it's 40 degrees outside. And so every year we do this, we're gonna take about 750 sleeping bags downtown San Antonio and do some other ministries around here for folks that need a place to sleep and you can participate in that. The way it works is you go back to our table, back to, listen, you guys, you, I'm telling you something now you don't know. Prices have gone up. <laughs> Are you surprised to hear that? So we've paid $9.99 for these sleeping bags for the last five years, they're $15 now. Isn't that awesome? Uh, so anyway, um, we don't care, God's bigger than 15 bucks, five bucks. God's not overwhelmed by that. So here's what we're gonna say you can do if you wanna participate in that. You go back to our little table back there, you give them $15, you can do it on the app, you can write them a check, you can use cash, and you will be buying a sleeping bag. You can buy as many as you want, and then we'll make sure that those get picked up and dropped off in Jesus' name to the people that need them. So hopefully hope that you'll be able to do that. So let's pray, and then we're gonna be done. Jesus, thank you so much for these kids and these all the volunteers and everything that made this thing possible today. It's such a blessing to see them worshiping you and being reminded of what this season is really all about. Lord, thank you for this understanding. We want to know your real truth. We want to know the true gospel. So thank you for showing us what your word really says. And I just pray, Lord, that, well, man, we want to enjoy the blessings. We want to, you want to heal us. You want to bless us. We're thankful for that. We love that. But help us not to get so caught up in that, that that becomes our gospel. And then we begin to think that that you're some kind of Santa Claus or genie for us or something. But instead, let us see who you really are. The perfect father, the creator of everything, who created a perfect world for us and who is going to restore that perfect world. And thank you for including us to be a part of it. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.